0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: It is Game 8 of 162. You're 4-3 and Pirates against the 1-7 and Reds. Craig Riley alongside, or with you here. I'm used to saying alongside Jack Sorensic. No Jack today. Running solo with you. We are outside PNC Park on Federal Street, taking you up to today's first pitch. What's On Tap is brought to you by Coors Light and Mike and Tony's and Moon and Bridgeville. We'll get you today's lineup. We'll talk a little bit about the pitching matchup and take a look around the league as we get you ready for today's matchup between Chris Archer and Anthony DiSclefani. But first, I'd like to take a look back at what we saw yesterday from the Pirates. An impressive win for them in extra innings over the Reds, which we saw yesterday was more of the Sunday lineup having the night game into a day game. Today, we'll tell you about the lineup a little bit later. More of what you're used to seeing but first, I want to talk about our tip of the hat, brought to you by Dad's Hat PA Rye Whiskey, farm to bottle rye the right way. The tip of the hat goes to Kevin Newman, who walked it off for the Pirates in dramatic fashion on his way, or on their way to a 6-5 to five victory. Newman got the start at second base yesterday and rewarded Clint Hurdle for that by going 2-4 for four with a walk in that game-winning hit that brought around Francisco Cervelli, who was used in a last-ditch sort of effort. He was the last guy off the bench, the last guy they had available in the 10th inning. If the game went beyond that, I don't know what they would have done with Cervelli, where they would have played guys. They had nobody left. All that were left were pitchers. So Cervelli probably would have caught Stallings out of the game. You're down to your last catcher. So it was a really bold move by Clint Hurdle that paid off to get aggressive in that 10th inning to try to end the game right there. And like we said, Kevin Newman rewards him for that aggressiveness, which is just great to see. And you have to to think for a young guy like Kevin Newman – You get the confidence of your manager to put you in the lineup, and then to reward him for that has to make him feel good. And that was something he actually joined us on the postgame show last night. We talked with him about just building that confidence. Jack had asked Kevin about his appearances here late last year. They, They weren't really what we expected to see from him. Kevin acknowledged that and admitted not playing up to his standards, but is looking to get off to a hot start and did that yesterday. So great to see that from a young guy. Another sort of interesting note from yesterday's game was the play of Josh Bell. It was something that going into yesterday's game, I wanted to talk about that Bell wasn't really hitting a ton, didn't have the power show yet, but was still driving in runs. So as a cleanup hitter, you have to consider that a success for him. Well, we didn't get a chance to talk to him about that, and he took care of it anyways for us. He then hits two, he goes three for five yesterday. The home run, two doubles and two RBIs, now hitting two sixty-nine with six RBIs in just the seven games to start the season. So one of the big question marks going into this season is what were we going to see from Josh Bell? Early returns are positive, and it's nice to see that Clint Hurdle had said before the season that was going to be their guy and the cleanup hitter. He is then taking that position and early on, at least, making it his making it his own. So we talk about the expectations and reaching them. Josh Bell, we want to hear from him quickly. He actually talked after last night's game, and I'd like to hear what he had to say about that performance. Putting up zeros consistently, first time give up a couple of runs. You guys are able to pick them back up. That's well, awesome.
2: Uh, you know, kind of flip the, the narrative a little bit. Um, you know, offense. You know, picks up the the pitching staff, and you know inning after inning we're you know coming back you know great in a game and then for us to close it out like that was no, something right, special.
1: Right.
3: Joshua what's your approach do you just want to hit the ball hard do you know the power will come if you do that uh, If you
4: try to hit a home run what do you? how do you approach it? Yeah I feel, like,
2: I feel like just hitting the ball hard um, you know if I can you know hit the ball at the sweet spot you know good things are going to happen um, so no more than that you know just trying to you know square the ball up Do you just feel a lot, lot of
3: pressure to hit home runs like you did two years ago? Mm-hmm.
2: Um, no, not necessarily. I feel like the the pressure is just on myself to have quality at bats, um, you know, team at bats, and then, you know, the power is going to be there, the RBIs are going to be there if I'm, if I'm squaring the ball up.
5: Spoken in
1: the about using all the fields as one of your focuses. Perfect mm-hmm. example today of how they can come into play.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, both gaps and then, you know, center field homer is, you know, right where I want to be.
1: Just matter of the first pitches being in the zone while you're attacking early?
2: Yeah, I mean, I told myself I was going to be ready. Um, you know, pitch one, I felt like, you know, when your timing's there and you have that, that you know, sensor go off in your head that's saying, let's go, you know, you need to try to listen to that as much as you can. And, you know, it worked out for me. Josh, you've been
4: staying the ball since opening day. Did you feel eventually you're a little better have a day like today? No,
2: yeah, especially after that ball got down and, and right that first A.B., I was like, okay, today might be a good day. Um <laughs> So, uh, you know, just happy to, you know, build off of that, and hopefully I can continue to do that in the future. I know,
4: I know it's early in the season. What kind of what kind of message does it send for the rest of the league with a win like this today for the Bucs? No, it's awesome.
2: Um, you know, the Reds were a team last year that, you know, gave us some, some trouble at times, so to kind of set that standard early, uh, you know, our back's against the wall or not. We're going to close games out, and, you know, we're going to get the W. Um you know, hopefully we can continue that narrative going into you know tomorrow and then you know later on this week.
4: When you draw up the kind of first inning, yeah, you know, get the leadoff guy on. He gets over, you come up and able to bring him in. You know, how satisfying is that for you as the number four hitter, and how important are those runs when you are able to get you know, that that run in the first inning? like that? No, that's great.
2: You know, I told I told Jason, I said. You know, once you on third base with less than two outs, you know, three times a day, um, and then after that inning, I was like, you know, second bases get to,
0: um,
2: you know, it's especially to you know scratch that run off early um, to give you know our pitching staff a little bit, you know, more breathing room, and it just you know set that standard, you know, or scratching runs across and. You know, you have your work cut out against us, you know, from, from that point on. No wonder he went running after his first hit. He told him he had to be in scoring. <laughs> exactly. He <there>. was <laughs> trying to get there for sure. You know, special player. It's awesome to see that. Um, you know, we've had some really good debuts. Um, you know, been a part of them. You know, just seeing young guys, you know, Jay Martin and Newman coming in the clutch there at the end. Um, it's really fun to be a part of.
1: You hear from Josh Bell after last night's game, and a couple takeaways I had from that. He talked about the confidence at the plate, which I think is going to be a huge thing for him this year. When he's going well, this lineup's going to work. And and offensively, we've said it on the pre- and post-game shows already this year. That was a big question mark heading into the year. We expected the pitching to carry this team. Well, if Bell can get going like he is right now, 269, six RBIs, a home run, hitting a couple doubles, that's going to go a long ways towards helping this lineup hold up their end of the bargain to meet what we've seen from the pitching staff. Another thing we heard Josh Bell talk about there was with Jason Martin leading off yesterday, how you draw up the first inning. He told Jason he wants to see him on third base three times with less than two outs. Had him on second and drove him in. That is typical of what you want to see from this team. The leadoff guy get on, somebody knock him over, and then Bell come in to clean it up. That's where things are working well for this lineup, and we've seen Adam Frazier a lot at leadoff every other game so far. He's getting on base, too. So it's something that if Bell gets going like he is right now, should be able to continue itself. And then the last thing, my takeaway from what we heard there, was Josh Bell talking to Jason Martin, what he was saying to him, talking about what he's seeing from the young guys. This is a guy that's going into his – he's in his fourth season right now in Josh Bell, but you hear him talk like a leader already, and and he comes across as that sort of guy. When you see him in the clubhouse, when you talk to him in the clubhouse – He just gives off that air of a guy that wants to be a leader for this team and and to be a leader you have to play and he's doing that right now so if he can back it up with the play be a leader in the clubhouse. There's lots to like about what we've seen in the early returns from Josh Bell a guy that I had sort of deemed as the big question mark one of them him and Jung Ho Gung as well the big question marks for what they'll get from this team offensively. As we wrap up our look back at last night's game we saw some things on the pitching side too. I feel like we got a little spoiled by the rotation, and while Trevor Williams maybe didn't have his best stuff, he still found a way to battle out there and give his team a chance to win, which is all you can ask for. He went six innings, giving up the four runs, three earned on seven hits, while striking out three and walking none. You have to like to see that from Trevor Williams, a guy that will battle and battle as much as he can. We had talked to him after his first start this year on our post-game show, and he talked about pitching angry is something he likes to do. I thought I saw that from him after the early struggles yesterday. He, there were a couple of times where he sort of stalked back to the mound and just had a different a different way he was carrying himself. So you saw him buckle down and finish his start to turn it over the bullpen, which another guy, Keone Kella, an interesting day pitching. He gave up that solo home run to Joey Votto that tied the game late. Still a pretty good pitch, Clint Hurdle said in the postgame. There aren't many guys that hit that ball for a home run like Votto did. But the key for me is Kella showing the versatility and maybe – or not versatility, the resilience that we saw from Trevor Williams as well to buckle back down and finish his inning, face just the next three batters striking out two. So you'd love to see the pitching staff still getting the job done in a different way than what we had seen this first time through the rotation. So it was a total team effort yesterday to get the win, guys picking each other up. Clint talked about that yesterday. And it's what we'll probably have to see day in and day out, whether it be a backup getting a start or the defense, defensive replacements late in the game. Well, we also saw in the idea of a total team effort, Jason Martin make his major league debut yesterday. And like we said, hits, hits a single in his first at bat, top of the order, then steals second, puts himself in scoring position, allows Josh Bell, or allows himself to be in position for Josh Bell to drive him in and give the Pirates an early one nothing lead. Hurdle talked about getting the jitters out for a guy like Martin, and he talked about that today, that you don't have much time to think about it, which leads us to today's starting lineup brought to you by the Rogers Insurance Group. The power of relationships is how we do business. We'll get the Reds out of the way here. You got Winker, Puig, Shebler. Puig moved up to the two-hole today, has been in the three-hole each time we've seen him. The reason for that, no Joey Votto in the Reds lineup today. Eugenio Suarez at third base hitting cleanup. Derek Dietrich in the five hold first base. Jose Peraza at second, Tucker Barnhart catching, and Jose Iglesias hitting eighth, playing short. And as we'll talk about later, Anthony D. Sclafani, the starter for the Reds. With the Pirates lineup, which I care much more about, Frazier Marte Cervelli, what we're used to seeing. Bell in the cleanup spot. Jung Ho Gung back starting, hitting fifth at third base. Melky Cabrera in right field. And then here it is Jason Martin getting back to back starts hitting 7th in left field, Eric Gonzalez at short, and then Chris Archer on the mound. So we talked about yesterday being your typical Sunday lineup, the night game into the day game, as you see today. More of that regular-look lineup, which should help them because you feel like it was found money yesterday that you got the win with that lineup today. You don't have to worry about it. But our Stock Up, Stock Down report brought to you by Fergasso Financial Advisors. We guide for life. That's Jason Martin, as we've talked about. Stock Up, back in the lineup, back-to-back starts we had a chance to talk with Jason actually not too long ago before today's game. He talked about yesterday's performance, getting the start in left field again today, and taking things moment by moment at the big league level and not trying to think too much about the big picture.
4: So, I mean, just from there, what was it like just first hit back, getting the hit, and just kind of getting that out of the way? Yeah,
5: after getting that hit, um, I think it was kind of like a settle, I was able to settle down, able to... Uh, just uh, work off that, just not not saying that, I, didn't, I mean, I know I could play at this level, but just being able to get that hit just made me feel a lot
0: better going into the rest of the game, and um, yeah, just kind of like a sigh of relief. Is it easier for you batting leadoff, knowing that like, you didn't have to sit in the dugout and wait, and you could just get out there and hit immediately?
5: Probably. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. not sure because I didn't experience that yeah. the other side, but, but it did, uh, it, I did get right right to business, so it did uh, help with that side of it. And then were you, did you want to run immediately when you got on first too? Or? Um, yeah, once I got to first, it was like uh, taking it all in for a second and then uh, listening to KB's instructions, they were like okay, now it's time to play ball. Like so, I,
1: that was the that was the move, and I was able to kind of lock it in and, and get to second.
4: Yeah. Did you expect to get back
1: to back starts like this right away, or did they would they talk about you expectations or talk to you about expectations? No,
5: no, not not really. They didn't. They, didn't, they didn't, haven't said much, but uh, just come into the ballpark every day with an open mind. Especially after yesterday, it's just been so many crazy things happening it's just you just never know so I I came expecting to play and Seeing my name on the lineup is another day of excitement.
4: Other yeah. than the suit, had they give you any tips on your first uh, Major League road <laughs> trip? Uh,
0: not yet. <laughs> <laughs>
5: I heard. I heard it's nothing. Uh, uh, I heard it's a, it's an amazing experience, though. It's oh amazing yeah. Experience. I'm
0: sure it'll be even yeah. more special getting to play out in Wrigley Field for your first MLB away game. Yeah. Yeah.
5: That, that's. I'm excited for that. That's going to be uh, amazing. A lot of the guys say how how crazy the fans are and. It'll be their home opener too.
4: Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be wild over there. Nice. And I guess you kind of, the other part too is you get your first major league introduction on opening day.
5: Yeah. Wow, I didn't even think about that. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. There's so many things that I'm still like, I'm just just like right here. So, yeah, looking at that, yeah, that's going to be be incredible.
1: Does it help you to just live in the moment right now that you can't think about that stuff? I think so. That's kind of been my – something that I've been uh,
5: trying to – put a lot of emphasis on just from the start of this year spring training and everything just kind of control what i can control and stay in the now just like kind of take care of what i need to do now and it'll kind of pay off when i start looking kind of too far ahead kind of get ahead of myself Just, just trying to stay stay within myself
1: as you heard from jason martin they're living literally moment to moment right now You heard reference to the suit situation. What that was, we got into the Jason Martin scrum there after it was asked. So the players have to wear a suit for this road trip coming up. Jason Martin didn't even think he was going to be here to start the year, was planning to go to Indianapolis, never got there, doesn't have a suit with him. He had to go get a suit yesterday. So when you talk about living moment to moment and how that's helping, this is a guy that literally has to live moment to moment and the game yesterday. Oh, I've probably got to go get a suit for this road trip, I guess, which I'm sure he was more than happy to go buy a suit considering this road trip is different than any he expected to be taking this early in the season since he expected to be at Indianapolis at this point. But you saw it on his face, too, and in in you heard the questions about going to Wrigley. And it shows that moment-to-moment mentality that his face lit up with the idea of going to Wrigley. And then when it was brought up that it's the Cubs' home opener you'll see tomorrow, that he's going to be a part of that, get to have his name called to go out there and get recognized with the Major League team. It's just exciting to see a young guy like that too, to see him going through all of this and experiencing it and not even thinking about it is it ha- until it happens it's just fun to watch and it's great to see that first game go so well for him he performs well the team gets a win just a great day overall from his family's here his fiance's here his agents here he's getting to live that lifestyle already so whether he stays here or not uh, my guess is he's destined to go back to AAA once guys get healthy he's got a great first start as a major leaguer to bounce or to remember and to bring with him the next time he comes up here. So living in the moment, helping him right now as he goes from game to game, and just taking it all as he goes. So we'll see. He's a little further down in the lineup today. He mentioned that hitting first probably did take out the jitters just because he didn't have a chance to think about it. So we'll see what that does to him today. He's used to being a leadoff hitter throughout his career. Hitting a little bit lower takes the pressure off, but a little more to think about throughout the game then before it gets to him. So it'll be interesting to see how he handles that. But I want to take a look at today's injury report brought to you by WMC Western PA physicians in Robinson and Imperial. And like we said, the reason that he is here right now, Jason Martin, is due to those injuries. Well, we got a couple updates on other guys, too, that we want to take a look at. Doivdis Nevoroskis and Gregory Polanco both scheduled to begin their respective minor league rehab assignments today for the Bradenton Marauders. Speaking of the Marauders and all the other minor league teams, we'll give you a look at the minor league level coming up a little bit later and tell you what's going on early in the season for those guys and some of the top prospects. But it's nice to see that Gregory Polanco getting ready to start that rehab assignment today. He's been swinging, hadn't been throwing for a while. So it'll be interesting to see as he gets back into the swing of things what it's going to take for him to be ready and how quickly he can get back up here to the major league level, and then the impact that's going to have because we've seen Melky Cabrera stepping in and doing a really nice job in right field so far, but Clint Hurdle talked the other day about being able to bring him off the bench and what what it's like for him to have that sort of weapon coming off the bench. When Polanco starts, they're going to get that back in more of a full-time role. So good to see Polanco and Doidus Neveroskis getting ready to start those rehab assignments today. But up next, we mentioned Clint Hurdle. What he had to say about a guy like Melky Cabrera. We're going to hear from Hurdle as he talked about today's starting pitcher and Chris Archer and the Archer-Cervelli relationship. That's all next on the Pirates Preview Show brought to you by NASCO Roofing. And we are live outside of PNC Park on Federal Street. Craig Riley with the Pirates Preview Show brought to you by NASCO Roofing as your 4-3 and three Pirates get ready to end their four-game series with the 1-7 Reds looking for the sweep. seven. the fan will be saluting youth baseball and softball players throughout the year. Keep listening for details on the Community Bank player of the game. We have teased a Clint Hurdle coming up here. want to hear from him and what he talked about today's pitching matchup, specifically Chris Archer and the Archer-Cervelli relationship as well.
3: I can appreciate it. Uh, I, I don't... I've encouraged both of them that they can't rely upon each other where they're not able to perform at the same level of confidence if Cervelli's not available. Um, So um, they're building the relationship. And it was important at the time because he had gone through five catchers and five starts to give him some continuity, and they seemed to mesh well. And and, uh, There actually was some, I believe there was some friction at times as we tried to incorporate our thoughts and what we felt that we could uh, share with, with Chris to help him. Um, and I think when you get in the heat of the game, you fall back into places of um, comfort, which can also be conviction, just how you've done it before. And we're encouraging him to try some new things while he was competing. And uh, that, was, that took some time. And then we pushed through that. And I think he obviously understands now the benefits of it much better, and I think he's much more appreciative of it, and I think he's much more has much higher level of conviction for that working relationship with with uh, Francisco.
4: There was a lot of talk about Archer's pitch count after the, the last start. Is that something that um, you know five innings scoreless, eight strikeouts? I think most managers. Would be happy with that from their starting pitcher. Is that one of those cases where you can get caught up in trying to worry about what's next instead of uh, what you got? You talk a lot about how we always want to do more and never satisfied with what we got. Is, is that kind of one of those cases? What?
3: I'm not sure what the comments are about the pitch count, uh, so yeah. I have
4: no. Under- I have no. It was just people said. The comments were made that you know. 99-5, you guys eventually lose some extra innings. Maybe get another inning or two out of your starting pitcher. Maybe the game yeah,
3: ends. yeah, they have no idea. He went through surgery in the offseason. He built back. Um, they don't care about Chris Archer's health. They want to win a game. And when we don't win a game, again, it's a violation of trust. Um, so I have uh, – those are my feelings. Um, and I'm way more uh, in tune to what is said in here. Than what gets said externally um, from passionate fans that want to win games. We need him built for the long haul, not to win one game by throwing one more inning after he's averaged 20 pitches an inning. Oh no, I don't or think. Five. He... Oh, I'm just explaining, yeah. I'm just explaining why he came out. Huh. We were good. At that point, we were good with what we had. There was conviction in what we did. He'd be the first one to tell you throw twenty pitches an inning. Maybe sometime down the road in the season, you'll probably get a sixth inning if you can work it to 120. And then how many pitchers throw more than 120 pitches in the inning? Nobody. No, I don't think anyone
4: was saying 120 in the to, game to go back out after 99, just that he could have worked for more efficiency. through
3: the Oh, first on the front. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, there's times, you, you again, we're always looking to pick at things. Sure. Um, unfortunately, when you strike people out, your pitch count goes up. And they were the team that he faced initially. They were, they were pesky hitters that they were. Look at the foul balls that are they're put in play. So it's a combination of, of those. Some days it's wipeout stuff and it's four pitches and they're out, and some days it's seven pitches and they're out. And then the other thing we did talk about after his outing, you may not have been here, was we're, we're working with him to get to the point where the ball out of his hand always looks like a strike. Those rare occasions where there's intent somewhere else, that's fine. But what happened that day as well is balls out of his hand were balls. They're easy reads for hitters. And that that spiked the pitch count as well. Sorry. I'm sure you talked about Martin yesterday, but I wasn't here. You got him back in the Where were you? I was day off. Is that right? (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) Had a dinner with my wife. Good it was, for you. Kind of nice. I, I did watch the game. Good for you. Um, did you read the papers today? What we wrote about what we talked about, Martin, yesterday? I did a little. Bit okay. Fun. I did. What do you got? <laughs> you got him back in the lineup today. You want to get him, get him some traction and get him
4: some, you know. Uh, comfortable in there. But yeah,
3: I mean, we like the defender as far as going, getting the ball, quick, to, quick throws to the cutoff man, uh, accurate throws. He does have the ability to cover some more ground in left field to run out to the notch. There's some speed involved also on the bases. So he's one of our well thought of prospects. And when we think he can handle that load out there, it's better than trying
4: to get a rookie to play off the bench, in my, my evaluation. Thank you. Yeah. You have had to shuffle the deck quite a bit early—injuries, various other reasons. Has anybody surprised you stepping into a position that maybe you weren't expecting this early in the season?
3: We've gone through the only guy that played a spot here that hadn't been playing anywhere in spring training or ever before for us was Moran going out to left field. Everybody else, we've seen wherever they've been. Matter of fact, we've seen Cervelli at every infield position. With the exception of shortstop, this spring taken balls are working out there, and we've seen them at shortstop before. We are actually trying to move more people around, just so that if there's a Plan B or that long game, or there are multiple injuries in a game, that the first time you move them isn't the first time's in a big league game. That wasn't the case with with Moran. I I still ha- I didn't want to ask him if he'd ever played major league out left field. I just asked him if he played left field. So <laughs> once I got yes, I was way good. Um, <laughs> It's you, you want to be representative and fair to the player as well. Because if there's a misplay out there, they're going to hear about it. You're going to ask them about it after the game. And I need to defend them because I'm the one that's making those decisions and ask them to go places where they may not have that much comfort. You do not say yes,
1: but, and then you walk away. <laughs> <laughs> wah, 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 wah. It's funny hearing Clinton Hurdle reference that with Colin Moran because I had talked to Colin Moran before his game in left field. And if you asked him about it, uh, what I said was, what experience do you have at the Major League level? When's the last time you played left field? And he just said, oh, the, 2017, I played it in the minors. And he said it with such confidence, he'd be like, oh, he has plenty of experience. And maybe this is why Clint phrased it the way he did, because Cal Moran, to that point, had played. He, he's been a pro since 2013, minors and majors. Four appearances in the outfield, in left field and just the one day working on it the day before he got the start. So it's funny to hear Clint say he asked about it. When he got the yes, that's all he wanted to hear, and he moved on. But the rest of Clint Hurdle and what I want to talk about there is the archer Sorelli relationship and Archer efficiency. Archer efficiency specifically sticks out to me because I was going back through and looking at his starts last year as a Pirate. He went four and a third innings, 95 pitches, nothing more than his first month as a Pirate. Then five innings, and you see pitch counts up in the 90s, 98 and 96. His second month with the Pirates, he, he reached six innings a couple of times up in 90 pitches. A five inning game, 103 pitches there. So the efficiency maybe is something to be concerned about with Chris Archer because we saw it in the opener. And like Clint mentioned, part of that was it was a guy coming off an injury in the offseason. He had surgery. You, you want to protect him a little bit, so you have to be careful with him. But it's not like Chris Archer has always been this efficient pitcher, and all this. And, and, and since he came here, he struggled with it, because if you go back and look at his time with the Rays to start the year, you can find a five, five and two third innings game, a hundred and two pitches, five and a third, hundred and fifteen pitches, six inning game in the nineties, another six, another five in a game in the nineties. So efficiency and Chris Archer aren't exactly two things that go hand in hand. And in, will be something I imagine the Pirates want to get a little bit more out of him. Clint referenced that it was against the Cardinals. They fouled off a lot of pitches. That had something to do with it. Also had something to do with the fact that they want him, when the ball comes out of his hand, as Clint mentioned, each pitch to look like a strike. Forget where it ends up. Out of the hand, make it look like a strike so the batter has a decision he has to make right away. The problem was in that opener, there were too many pitches where out of his hand it looked like a ball and the batters knew they could just take it. Thus, the pitch count getting a little high. The other thing he talked about there was the Archer-Cervelli relationship, which is interesting because we've seen in the past here certain guys getting their own personal catcher, and that was probably more of a fad around Major League Baseball a few years ago. I don't think we see it as much. At least we don't see it with the Pirates now. You go back to Garrett Cole. He had Chris Stewart as his own personal catcher. Clint referenced that when Chris Archer first got here, five catchers, five different starts. They needed consistency, so they offered that to him. But now they don't want to get into that. They, they want him to be at a point where he's comfortable no matter who they put back there. So they want Chris Archer to pitch, and it doesn't need to be Cervelli. Or maybe when Diaz gets back here as he recovers from that viral illness that held him out of spring training, he doesn't need him. It, so whoever is behind the plate, whoever, whoever is in the lineup, it doesn't matter Chris Archer is going to be Chris Archer. That's what they want from him. So it'll be interesting to see if they get that as we move forward. Wanna take a look around the league though, brought to you by Fox Chapel Advanced Dental Care. The look around the league for me right now is the big boys that are struggling across the league and how much I enjoy it. You see the Cubs at two and six, the Yankees at four and four, the Yankees four and four. Maybe more a product of what the Pirates are dealing with though in terms of injuries. They've got a huge list of guys on the I. L and it's big time players too. So that's what's hurting them. But then you see the Red Sox at two and eight. We talked yesterday about how important it was for the Pirates to take advantage of the NL Central when it was down because you saw a team like the Cubs struggling. The Brewers obviously off to a hot start, but the Reds down and you get to beat up on them early. But I just like looking around the league and seeing those standings and seeing the big guys around the league. Teams with World Series aspirations like the Red Sox and Yankees struggling. It's nice to see, especially when your team and the Pirates are 4-3, and three. So it's something we'll keep an eye on. I, I don't expect it to continue. I'm pretty sure the Red Sox are going to figure things out. They're not going to be a 2-8 and eight team throughout the season. But at least as we take a look around the league right now, it's something that is nice to see to start the season. Your team's doing well. The big teams, as we always talk about, that have all the money to spend, while well, they're struggling right now in the Red Sox, I love to see it. I'm sure the Red Sox fans don't. It's probably pure chaos and panic for the guys doing this sort of show up there. But today's weather report will get you that, brought to you by weather Seal Home Services. Just $1 down can get you new windows. It is an absolute beautiful afternoon for baseball. The sun is out and shining right now. That should be the case for the entire game. I mean, we have some rain in the forecast later tonight. I don't think that will impact today's game. A high of 74. But as we turn our focus back to today's Pirates games, we have a bunch of notes that I wanted to get to that pertain to this specific matchup between the Pirates and Reds. Pirates looking to complete a four-game sweep of the Reds this afternoon, the last time the Pirates recorded a four-game sweep of the Reds in Pittsburgh. You have to go all the way back to August 22nd through the 24th of 1969. And everybody likes to hear about Steve Blass. We know it's his final year as a broadcaster here. Current Bucko broadcaster Steve Blass had a no decision, actually, in that series. Pitched seven innings, gave up three earned runs, the second game of that August 22nd doubleheader. Pirates won 5-3 on a two-run walk-off homer by Al Oliver. Some other notes as we look at this game. The Bucs have been successful in each of their first seven stolen base attempts, something we talked about with Jason Martin setting the table yesterday and stealing a base early on. It's good to see. They share the National League lead in steals with Washington. Pittsburgh is also one of five teams in the majors that has not been caught stealing yet in 2019. Starting pitching, we've looked at that throughout this series, how impressive it's been. After seven games, the Pirates' starting pitchers have produced an ERA of 1.71, only eight earned runs across 42 innings. That's the lowest ERA among all major league starting staffs. The staff enters today's game, surrendering just four runs in its last 36 innings of work. That's a flat one ERA. No chance to expect that from a staff for the whole season. But this is one of those keys we talked about yesterday. You're starting off the year with a lot of games against teams in the NL Central. Well, if you want to do well this year, you're going to have to do well against this division because it's really, really tough. So it's at least good to see while these games are early on, you have the Reds, you played the Cardinals, the Reds again. You'll see the Cubs up next. Really important to take advantage of this starting pitching while it's there. Like we talked about, the staff putting up zeros tied with Oakland, for the most shutouts to start the season among all major league squads in 2019. A couple other notes that we have, and this is something that we're going to get to in our pitching matchup up next. You'll see the importance of a good leadoff hitter against Anthony De the red starter today. Well, Adam Frazier has reached base safely in all six of his games while batting leadoff. In his career, Frazier is hitting 345 with runners on base as well. So it could be a good day for Adam Frazier, and it's something Jack and I have talked about throughout the early season, the early returns on Adam Frazier. I'd mentioned earlier Josh Bell and Jung Ho Gung were the real big question marks to the season. Well, Adam Frazier was another guy you weren't really sure what to expect as the everyday leadoff hitter and second baseman. The early returns on him, very, very positive. And the last note we have, the Pirates pitching power, they call it here. The Pirates enter today's action, ranked first among National League teams and third among all Major League teams with that overall 2.45 ERA. So the Pirates pitching like we thought was going to carry this team as far as it could go. The bats produced yesterday. We'll see where it takes them today. But as we mentioned, that efficiency from Chris Archer is going to be something important that we need to see out of him. The bullpen has looked good, but it's had its moments here. The longer he can go into this game, the less we have to see that bullpen, and it'll be important to have them ready for a series upcoming against the Cardinals. But coming up next on Pirates Preview, we will take you inside this pitching matchup. I have Noah Hiles here on site. We told you yesterday Noah insists on me referring to them as Noah's Nuggets. He gives me these little numbers on the pitching staff, so we'll have the pitching matchup coming up next. We'll get you Noah's Nuggets, which yesterday I think actually proved pretty, pretty pivotal to the game. So we'll see if they hold up for today. today's matchup as well. We'll get you an on on the farm report as well. That's all coming up next on Pirates Preview, brought to you by NASCO Roofing. And we are live outside of PNC Park on Federal Street for today's NASCO Roofing Pirates Preview show, taking you up to the 135 first pitch between your 4-3 and three Pirates and the 1-7 Reds for Game 8 of 162 we want to take a look at today's pitching matchup brought to you by Flynn's Auto Service, your hometown tire and auto service experts. Before I do that, I talked about Noah's Nuggets. Producer Noah Hiles is here. Noah gives me these little nuggets that he wants me to use each game that I have to refer to as Noah's Nuggets as well. So before we get to them for today's game, we have to look back at yesterday's game and see how you did. So yesterday's Noah's Nuggets for Trevor Williams. Let's see how you did. He said he was a second-half guy. Could be argued he's an ap- at April's his best month, right? Mm-hmm. Six and two, best record of his uh, any month in the season. Two sixty-five ERA, second best. Batting average is his best. Hits best with th- thirty-seven, only two home runs. That's his best as well for two. How would you say you grayed out yesterday?
0: Um, I mean, at the end of the day, he didn't get the win, but he battled. He had a horrible inning. I believe it was in the third. He allowed like three runs and uh, it would have been easy for Trevor to kind of mail it in, but he was able to get through six innings, so I think that's an indication that he does pitch well in the month of April, whereas a lot of guys, especially in their second start of the year, they allow a big inning early on their first time through the lineup or just early in their second time through the lineup. They could pack it in and call it a day after four innings, Make it a bullpen-heavy game, but he didn't do that. So, and I think because he was able to go six, they were able to get the good performance from the bullpen later on. So, I think I, uh, I think I nailed that. Okay,
1: so you feel good about that one? Yeah. Okay. Well, the home, the best home runs, right? That second best, he gave up a home run yesterday. That's true. But so overall, okay. I'm saying that one's okay. So, all right, Tanner Roark, you gave me a nugget on Tanner Roark yes. yesterday. Your nugget was Roark's 4.70 ERA versus the Pirates is his second highest career ERA versus any National League team. St. Louis was the only one to hire 6.58. How do you grade yourself there? I think I
0: nailed it because, I mean, while, while he didn't, I think he only allowed three runs. Look at the lineup that he was facing. He was facing a Pirates Sunday lineup on a Saturday afternoon. Five innings,
1: three earned runs. Yeah,
0: and to do that against the lineup without you know Cervelli, without Frazier, without Gung, I think the Pirates are more than happy on how they attacked Roark at the plate yesterday. Okay. So I think I did – I'd give myself a B- for my for my nuggets last night.
1: That's fair. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm okay with a B-. Yeah. So we take a look at today's pitching matchup then. Anthony D. Sclafani, one start this year, went five innings, gave up three hits, one earned run, three walks, and eight strikeouts. It took him, as we talked about Chris Archer's efficiency, it took de Sclafani 89 pitches to get through five. So that's something we'll want to keep an eye on today. Let me see the the Noah's Nuggets here, right, for de Sclafani. Yes. Career versus Pittsburgh, nine starts, two and four, 383 ERA, eight Ks for nine innings. That's pretty good. Career in April, five starts, two and one, 116 ERA. So the stats indicate we could see a pretty good Anthony D. today. Now, the Noah's Nuggets making his 10th career start versus the Pirates, most he's made against any team in his career. That'll be interesting. D. struggles versus the top two hitters. This is what we had mentioned. Adam Frazier's importance to today's game. Adam Frazier doing a really good job as the leadoff hitter. Well, Di Scalfani, leadoff hitters, he's given up 11 home runs to that spot, more than anywhere else in the lineup. And the and leadoff hitters slashing against him, a .296 batting average, .337 on base, and 500 slugging. The second hitter as well, you went all the way to the second hitter. So that takes us to Marte. He's given up 71 hits. That's the most anywhere in the lineup. Their slash is a 326 ERA, a 385 on base, and 491 slugging, and an 876 OPS. The most that he has given up to any spot in the lineup. So it'll be interesting to see today. We saw yesterday Jason Martin gets on with the leadoff single, steals second, puts himself in position for Bell to drive him around. It'll be really interesting then with these numbers. It'll be interesting to see if the Pirates can take advantage early because Di Scalfani, obviously a good start to the year for him does well early in the years, will be key to them to get to him early, I would think, today then, based off these Noah's Nuggets.
0: Yeah, and if you look at the numbers as well we talked about before the game, uh, Adam Frazier and Josh Bell both have pretty good numbers against Di, Di So if Frazier lives up to the leadoff hitter hype, he gets a double to lead off the game, then you're setting the table early for Josh Bell, who has a hot bat and has good numbers against this guy. So I like the Pirates' chances chances early on to uh, jump ahead on now
1: you're in my territory what I like to look at the the pitcher against the other opponents so Josh Bell like you said pretty good numbers they're all small sample size so just know that going in nine at bats he has against these cool but a 444 hitter with two doubles we saw the two doubles yesterday and the home run from Bell so it seems like he's confident we heard him talk about it in yesterday's postgame that he is feeling confident at the plate so it'll be nice to see if he can keep that power going you go down through the rest of the lineup. Cervelli, 8 at-bats, only a 250 hitter. Uh, Corey Dickerson, not with the Pirates, actually, unfortunately, one of the better bats, a 444 hitter. Adam Frazier, I pointed out yesterday, Jack loved this one, that Jacob Stallings had really good numbers against yesterday's starter, Tanner Rowark, batting a 1,000, was one at-bat. So you look at Adam Frazier hitting 333, only three at-bats, but... It's a small sample size, but he's one for three against a guy that typically struggles against leadoff hitters. I'm willing to put two and two together there and think that we could see something from Adam Frazier today. Jung Ho, Gung's faced him seven times. He's hitting 286. Not much else, going. I mean, it'd be nice to have Polanco today. He's, a three, he's the biggest one at a sample size, 19 at-bats. But as we told you, Gregory Polanco beginning his rehab assignment today. Hopefully he isn't too far off from joining the Pirates roster. As we turn and look at the other half of this pitching matchup, oh, one last thing. I like to look, I, I have the baseball perspectives here. They give you a comparable for each pitcher. So an idea, if you're not really familiar with Anthony Scofani, who does he look like that you can compare him to that you might have seen? Vance Worley is the name that comes up for baseball perspective. So for Pirates fans not super familiar with Anthony Scofani, a Vance Worley type pitcher that you can expect to see out there. Let's hope it's... Late in his Pirates career, Vance Worley, not early in his career when he was actually, you know, somewhat decent. So we'll see what we get on that side of things. Now, for Chris Archer, we talked about the efficiency being an important thing for him today. Clint Hurdle talked about it. He's obviously comfortable with Francisco Cervelli. He gets him behind the plate. Archer making his second start of the season after going five innings, giving up two hits, no runs, walking three and striking out eight and a no decision for the home opener against the Cardinals. So we're going back to Noah's Nuggets here. Noah, we'll see how these play out. We call him the day man, Chris Archer. That's sort of like Deidreau. Yeah. I really miss the Deidreau. That was one of my favorite things. Deidreau was good. So the Noah's Nugget here, day man for Archer. Archer pitches better under the sun than he does under the lights, is what you have here. A 3.50 ERA, 9.8 Ks per nine, both better than his numbers at night. So the 3.50 during the day, a 3.82 at night. Slightly better than 9.8 Ks per nine, 9.7 at night. But, hey, it's something. The day is a little bit better than the night. We saw it in the home opener. He looked pretty good there other than the efficiency. So you feel good about this one?
0: Yeah, I think any time – and this is his first start against the Reds. Yep. So I think any time there's unfamiliarity – did I, did I get that word you right did. I did wow good for me say it with confidence even with if you're wrong that's what I do there we go all right so anytime uh, when you're when you have a pitcher who's never faced anyone in the lineup aside from one guy Iglesias, who has hit him well but for the other eight guys I think Archer has that advantage especially when he's pitching at home a place that he's comfortable at uh, and he's got a catcher in cervelli that he seems to trust and he you heard hurdles uh, thoughts on that relationship between those two. So I think, yeah, Archer's got a big advantage here. Uh, all they have to go off against him is a scouting report. So,
1: And yeah. I've talked with Jack about things like that, and, and I think Clint Hurdle had made mention about guys hitting against pitchers that haven't seen them. And Jack is of the belief that the advantage lies in the pitcher for the pitcher. Yeah. when. You have a lineup that hasn't seen him so we have jose iglesias the only guy the reds have available today that has seen chris archer now they're good numbers 13 at bats he has four hits a walk only one strike and he's hitting 308 so iglesias a guy who at the bottom of the lineup you don't always expect a lot from may give archer a hard time today so that's another thing we'll keep an eye on as we talked about we want to see what fraser and Marte do at the top of the lineup because that's what d struggles against well, Glacius is the only guy we have anything to go off of with Archer. So it'll be interesting to see what happens at the bottom of the lineup for the Reds if they get guys on and the Glacius comes to the bat, given that he has some success against Archer. But the efficiency is going to be the name of the game for me today with Chris Archer. We'll see what we get from him. I have to think a little more efficient, just because Clint Hurdle talked about it in the pregame today. The Cardinals lineup is one, I mean, it's a hotter lineup right now. There may not be many colder lineups than the Reds. So he faced a better lineup than what he's going to see today in the Reds. The Cardinals are a team that will battle you foul-off pitches. They'll drive up your pitch count. So it'll be nice to see if Archer can keep it low against a team like the Reds today. But we have some other things we have to take a look at, too. We'll talk more about today's game. But we have today's On the Farm report brought to you by your Western PA Kubota dealers. We're gonna start at the AAA level. They have talked about AAA is loaded with some of the high-end prospects to start the year. So you might think it's concerning that they're 0-3 right now. I'm not super worried about that because they've also lost some guys that you would expect to be there, like a Jason Martin. They expect him to be there, he's not. We take a look at what some of the guys down there are doing though. Shortstop Cole Tucker, a name every Pirate fan is probably familiar with. He's at AAA, is a home run two RBIs already he's hitting 308 another guy that I'm sure most Pirate fans are familiar with first baseman Will Craig hitting 250 but has an OPS of 1.150 thanks to two home runs already in just the three games that they've played and that's a guy that a lot of people are excited about I mean you have Josh Bell up here right now there's the question marks about him but Will Craig has the power that I think we didn't really see with Josh Bell the minors who's more of a drive the ball to the gap kind of guy and they thought the power would, it projected to the majors and would eventually come around. Well, Will Craig's showing it right away in the minors, so hopefully a guy that we'll see something from. He's also known for his defense as well. Yep. Pretty
0: good defending first baseman on uh, Altoona team that has a lot of good infield defense. Or
1: Indianapolis team, not Altoona. And that's something we've heard with Jose Osuna, another guy that plays first base, but he doesn't have the bat and it doesn't project like like we hear about Will Craig. So Will Craig... Has that home run power in the defense. We're keeping an eye on that. Cabrine Hayes getting his first taste of AAA actions, hitting just 083 with one hit, four walks, and five strikeouts in 16 plate appearances. And the big-time pitcher that's at AAA, Mitch Keller, we told you a little bit about him yesterday. The top pitching prospect, he's made one start there, four and two-thirds innings, three hits, three runs, two earned, five walks, and six Ks. So not a great start for him. 91 pitches, only 51 for strikes. But it's his first start of the year, so we won't panic too much. Trip or down at Double A double-A Altoona. Curve. Not as many names that you're gonna be familiar with there, but they're three and zero, so a good start to the season. We go down to the Single A levels. The Greensboro Greensboro Grasshoppers. We welcome to the mix this year. I kind of like the name Grasshoppers. Young Grasshopper. <laughs> they're two and one on the season in Class A. Lolo Sanchez has a home run and three RBIs in three games. Seventeen years old, is that my No, name? he's the 17th Seven, prospect. 17th prospect. Okay, I'm say 17 seems a little young, yeah. right? Stephen Jennings, the 13th-ranked prospect, struggled in his first start. Four and a third innings pitch, 4 earned runs, eight hits, one walk, and four Ks. West Virginia, the Black Bears, that short A. Their season doesn't start until June 14th. If you have the Rookie League, they start their season, the Bristol Pirates, on June 18th. That leaves us with our last one, the Bradenton Marauders. Advanced A, Elias Diaz can be seen down there right now. He has, he has a hit, a, and two RBI, or hits, and a two RBI double. To help the club improve to 3-0, he went 2-for-5 with two doubles and two RBIs. So good to see him just back in action. I don't even really care what I see from him yet. Just seeing him back in action is important. Calvin Mitchell, the seventh prospect in the Pirates system, hit his second home run of the season in O'Neal Cruz, the huge shortstop. He's like six six or something. This guy's a monster. He's the number four pros- prospect, has four hits and two stolen bases in the three games he has played so far this season. That's our look through the minor leagues. But it's time for our picks to perform today. Brought to you by Oxford Athletic Club of Wexford. Pittsburgh's premier athletic resort. I picked Jack's for him yesterday. He was none too happy with me. He was going to take Josh Bell. I gave him Melky Cabrera. So, Noah, we have to pick one for Jack. I'm turning it over to you because I'm not taking the blame for this one again. So, the cliche pick would be for me to take the leadoff guy or the second guy because those were
0: my nuggets. But I'm going to go a different route. I'm going to go Jason Martin. Second MLB game. And uh, I think that uh, you know he's going to keep the good times rolling down he's, in the
1: bottom of the lineup. And he seemed really confident. We yeah. talked to him in the pregame, and he talked about taking it just day by day. And really, when you ask or you hear his answers, he tips his hand that he's taking it day by day. You ask him about Wrigley, and he gets excited, like, "Oh, that's right, it's Wrigley Field." Then you mention it's the home opener, oh, that's right, it's a home opener. I'm getting my name announced. Mm-hmm. Like, you like to see that, that that's how he's approaching this. So I I like that pick. I'm going back to the well of a guy that I liked going into yesterday's game and Jack was going to take him and didn't, and Josh Bell. Josh Bell, like we said, hitting 444 against today's starter. But I just feel like he's in a really good place at the plate right now. And with Frazier and Marte setting the table for him, I expect that he could have a good day. That wraps it up for us on the Pirates Preview Show, brought to you by NASCO Roofing, as we send you up to the booth for the call of today's game.